Hello, everybody, and welcome to Time and Attention, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better, more intentional human being. I'm the co-host of this show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 91, Getting Things Done. Well, hello, everybody, and and good day to you and to yours. This is uh, Chris Bailey. I, I guess we know each other by now because it's episode number 91, but I have a special treat to share with you today. Uh, it is a, a retreat in in sorts. Uh, episode three of the show, we had author David Allen on the show. Now, David is probably the best-selling productivity author of all time. He's a productivity consultant, and he wrote a book called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. And since its publication back in 2001, This book has become a global phenomenon. It's sold millions of copies, perhaps even tens of millions of copies around the world. And it has uh, inspired a devoted following of fans. And David Allen, he has a simple but effective approach to productivity, which is centered around the idea that our mind is for having ideas, not for holding them. And he's designed a system called GTD around this. And I wanted to, to throw this episode in your feed today uh, in the off chance that you haven't heard it. It was episode three that we had this conversation on after all. Uh, I'm busy hunkering down on book launch things. We, we launch at the beginning of January, How to Calm Your Mind. Uh, really excited for that. And Arden is both under the weather and incredibly uh, traveling right now. And so, so she's having a blast. Uh, I'm having a blast in a very different way. Uh, and so we have this, this conversation to share with you today. Uh, I think you're going to like it. Uh, David is an incredibly inspiring person. Uh, he is, he is the, the source of my own inspiration uh, for exploring this idea of productivity. Uh, I remember how I felt after I read Getting Things Done for the first time. I felt, uh, you know, I was a young teenager at the time, and I felt as though my mind was finally clear. I could finally focus on whatever, whomever was in front of me. And I hope in sharing this conversation that we had, it's a quickie, it's, you know, it's a good uh, summation of the book or a refresher if it's something you've read before. Uh, I hope in sharing this that I can inspire a bit of that same spirit in you. So without further ado, uh, here is David Allen, the author of Getting Things Done. So, So you're probably best known, probably, for the, for the system, getting things done. Uh, so, so the main idea behind the system, I'll do uh, uh, my best job of, of characterizing it for the, for the man who created the system himself. But essentially, the idea behind getting things done is that your head is for having ideas, not for holding them. So the more open commitments you get out of your head and into some external system, the more clearly you can think. Is this a fair characterization of the system? How would you sum up uh, GTD in a few lines? Yep. Now that's it. And it doesn't create time, but it creates space. Mm. You know, you don't need time to have a good idea or be creative or innovative or loving or present or strategic. You just need room. And so all this does is creates room. How you use that room is up to you, quite individual. But guaranteed, if you, you know, capture stuff that have your attention, clarify what it means to you, park the results that you can't finish in the moment in some sort of trusted system that will remind you on a regular review of what are all your options of things to do. So you're moving on trusted choices instead of hope for choices. That's the that's the game. I feel that idea of trust is so critical to it. You know, being able to 
rely on some system that, that you have embedded within your life instead of just leaning on your own mind, which sucks at recalling stuff. You know, we're constantly recalling stuff in the shower. I think, you know, for, for that reason, it's, it's one of those things that once somebody starts practicing GTD, they really want to go in deep. So, you know, folks listening to this, they probably either, you know, probably half of them follow my work. So they're big productivity nerds like the two of us, or they're quite new to my work and presumably your work as well. So they're not yet familiar with the system. Uh, so maybe many of the folks listening haven't experienced these, these benefits yet. So, so what, you know, what, what are a few things that you usually hear from people who successfully uh, implement it into their life and then tell you how it went? Well, I have to say there's legions of testimonials that this transformed their life, you know, yeah. it, 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 which is, which is deceptively interesting, but it's because it sounds so simple, just capturing things that have your attention and clarifying outcomes and actions of actionable stuff, you know, building a trusted system of reminders. So you have a trusted external brain frees up your mind, you know, to be focused on more meaningful things with a lot more clarity and, and, and bandwidth. Mm-hmm. You know, that sounds simple, but boy, you know, I can tell you how many people kept their job because they were about to burn out and didn't really want to leave, but this allowed them to then stay. How many people decided, gave them the, the room to, to actually, and the confidence to actually change their career or their job, because that was that had been lurking in there anyway, but they didn't feel, have the confidence they could move on that successfully. Or, especially when people move into major transitions in their life, they bought a house, they sold a house, they got married, they got divorced, they had kids, their kids left. Uh, they, they, they just discovered they had a life threatening illness. I mean, these are the kind of times and that, that test the metal of how well you are managing sort of the business of your life. And that's when, you know, the testimonies will get a people called, my God, if I didn't have GTD, I couldn't have surfed that as well as I did. And, and step back from, from everything we got going on. Like th- th- this was, you know, when I first picked up the book, I remember I was a young teenager, teenager and I saw your handsome mug on the cover and I thought, wow, I have to pick this here book up. And I, I immediately started capturing all the projects that were going on uh, in my life back then. And I realized, wow, you know, I have more room to, to relax and be lazy because I can be confident that I have uh, everything captured. Um, so, so with regard to beginning to externalize the, these uh, things that are in our head, what, what, what's kind of the number one thing that somebody can do right now, right away to start getting these benefits? Pen in hand paper on desk or flat surface and unload everything that has their attention. Hmm. I need cat food. I need a life. I need to research whether we should hire a VP of marketing or not. I need, uh, I need to look into whether we need a new cell phone service. Uh, my mom's health is ailing. We need to, I need to talk to my sister about what we do about that. Yada, yada, yada. And it yeah. take it takes most mid to senior level professional people anyway, one to six hours, just to capture, Mm. not to do anything with it, not to organize or prioritize or any of that, but just to identify the things pulling on them. Most people have no idea how many would, could, shoulds, need tos they actually have embedded in their psyche in that crappy thing called your brain, which is, as you mentioned, is just a, a crappy office. And that's the first thing to do. It, that's not the only thing to do, but even just that will be curative, you know, in and of itself. You know, 
just just to be able to externalize all that. Most people feel a whole lot different once they once they do that that exercise. And then, as you know, you can't just let that lie there because then then that becomes this uh, you know amorphous kind of list that sits in front of you and kind of can stress you out as well. Then you need to go through and, and have the rigor of knowledge work athletics, which is sitting down and saying, okay, what the hell am I going to do about mom? What, what what what's next about the bank? What do I need to do about researching, you know, hiring a VP? What's, what do I need to do next about, you know, getting life? <laughs> what do I need to do next about whether, whether I should get divorced or not? You know, those are the, those are the challenging things that you then need to address relative to the stuff that has your attention. And that's, you know, GTD just defined that algorithm. What are the things you need to ask and answer about those kinds of things that have your attention? So once you have this big cloud of, of uh, unresolved commitments that are out of your head and onto the paper in front of you, what, what, what's the next? Uh, there's a few next steps after that, I'd imagine. But uh, how would you suggest folks break it down? Because I feel, you know, so, some people kind of keep a to-do list. And so they say, oh, you have to get this done. I'll add it to the... I have to get this done. I'll add it to the list. And they're not really organized in, in a clear way or another. Um, h- how would you suggest once somebody gets stuff out of their head that they begin to to uh, chip away at this stuff and categorize it and organize it a little bit. Yeah, well, that's step two, which we call clarify. And it's a very simple formula. If you look at anybody listening to this right now, looks at their to-do list, you'll see things that are not the next action nor the final outcome. You'll see things like mom or bank or tooth or VP or any of that. And and that's fine. You've identified something that's got your attention, but then you need to go through a clarify step. It's a pretty simple formula. You know, A, is it actionable? Yes or no. If it's not, you toss it, file it, as reference or trigger it for a later reminder. If it is actionable, something I do need to move on, then you need to make the two critical distinctions. First distinction is what's the very next action? Look, if you, if you had, didn't have anything else to do in your life, but but move on closure on mom's birthday or the bank credit line or hiring a VP, what's the very next step you need to take? And most people have not actually made that decision. Is that an email to send? Is that a website to surf? Is that a conversation specifically to have with a specific person? Is that something to buy at the hardware store? What's what's very next about that? And the second thing is, if one action won't finish whatever this is, what's your final outcome you're committed to? You know, upgrade credit line, research, you know, vice president, you know, hire, uh, whatever. And so outcome and action, which are really the core elements of productivity, what are we trying to accomplish? What's the very next step we need to take to allocate or reallocate our resources? But most people avoid those decisions about all kinds of stuff. So most people's on most people's lists, most people's lists, by the way, mm-hmm. are simply incomplete lists of still unclear stuff, which can create as much stress as they relieve. So you have to go through this next step, which is to get very specific about what do these things mean, what are you going to do about them, and what outcomes are you committed to complete about them? And that's the clarify step. Mm-hmm. There's no software that can do that for you. That's, that that just requires your forebrain, you know, the, the frontal cortex. You have to make decisions. You have to think, what am I going to do about mom's birthday? What do I need to do next about the bank? So nothing will – you just have to then think. You know, sorry, people uh, listen really? to this, but don't shoot the messenger. But you, you actually have to think to get Can't stuff off your mind. Can't you just do it for me? So – Can't the system do <laughs> it for me? Nice? I have to do it. No. I don't care how good I don't care how good AI gets out there. They're still not going to decide what you're going to do about mom's birthday. They may give you a lot of options that you've chosen before. They may automate the sending of the card every year. They, yeah, they may, and they may automate. They may automate the the stuff that you want to see to evaluate the best choice you're going to make about mom's birthday. So decision support is where all that stuff is going, and that that'll be very cool. We've only seen the beginning of, of that. 
you know, but you, you still have to make that decision. So once you make that decision, then step, mm-hmm. step two and step three sit very close together. I, if I can't finish that that very second, as you know, the two minutes, the two minute rule, if I can't do that right then, whatever the action step is, I just need to park yeah. some reminder of that in some place I trust I'll see at the right time and place. So if it's an errand, I see it on my errands list. If it's something to talk to my board about at the next board meeting, I've got that on my agenda for the board meeting. If it's something I need to buy at the hardware store, you know, you know, I've got it on that appropriate list. And so organizing then reminders of the work that you need to do about your open loops, that's step three. And once you've done that, you're, you're way in good territory then. Step four is to, is to review and reflect on all the all, all those options and the whole gestalt so that step five, when you engage, that is, where do I put my attention and activity right now? You know, it's, again, from a trusted choice. It, it really is a beautiful system. It, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, this is a 20, 30-minute podcast. And so, uh, you know, you've probably talked about the system a couple thousand times in a couple thousand different interviews. So, you know, it, 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 you know it's kind of natural to boil it down to an interview. But, uh, but I would really encourage folks, if for some reason they have not already, uh, to pick up the book because the... Uh, the change that you'll experience and just how much clarity you have and, and how much focus you have when you go from not having a system to having a system in which all of the commitments that you have live, you know, that there's kind of a confidence, there's a clarity, there's, there's just like a, a, a different quality of being once you have that system that you can rely on because suddenly you go from relying on your mind to relying on the system that you're confident in and become more confident in over time. And so if for some reason, you know, the productivity geeks aside that are listening to this, if for some reason somebody has not picked up the book, or even if you, if you have the book uh, and you haven't read it in a while, uh, I would encourage you to pick it up because, you know, there, there's something that a book will provide you that, that a, a 20, a 30 minute uh, conversation between, between a couple guys will not. So, so I'd encourage folks to do that. So the book itself. And it, by the way, it was, Chris, I have to say, I heard from a guy recently that he finally read my book the 12th time. And he said, it's a totally different book every time he's read it. And it's really, it's, it's really true. <laughs> it's really oh, true. Oh man, so if you've read it 11 times. That twelfth time, <laughs> well, it, it's like listening to a song, right? I remember songs that I listened to as a teenager, and or movies that I watched as a teenager, and you know they they connected with me at the time. But then I go back today, and I watch the same movie or I hear the same song, and it's a totally different song because the life circumstances that I'm in are totally different. I, I'm facing different challenges. I have more experiences. I have a different perspective. Well said. So. The, the book itself, published 18 years ago, it's finally uh, legal in, in some provinces in Canada, um, not in Amsterdam, <laughs> a couple of years ago. So, so since then, it's, you know, it's in dozens of languages now. It's sold millions of copies. It's, and a re- revised edition. I wrote the revised edition in 2015. Yeah. So there's a, a new, newer version of it out. If, you, if they don't have that, it's worth getting. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of you know, makes the book uh, e- you know, e- even more relevant for the world in which we live today. And you know, I mentioned on a personal level, it's the book that first got me interested in, in, in experimenting with and writing about productivity. How many interviews would you say you've done at this point? I counted up that, that approximately 2,000. Yeah, 2,000. I, I went back and said, well, 
because they don't stop. I just go, I figure at some point, maybe anybody in the world who might be interested in this has already done it. So this thing will taper off, but it doesn't. I'm still doing, you know, two or three or four podcast and interviews a week. Is there a question you're so sick of answering at this point? Probably all the ones I've asked you. What is GTD? (laughs) (laughs) They're pretty much all the same. I mean, most people are saying, you know, wow, um, what gets in the way of our Mm. productivity? How come we need this? You know, um, uh, gee, I get so many interruptions and I'm so distracted. I don't have time to do this. What do I do? You know, so there's a lot of that. You know, I think there, I think I know 12 things and I think there are 12 questions about all this. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah you, you kind of run through. Yeah, you run through a little sheet in your head. Okay, I talk about this point. Then this. So what, what what don't people ask you enough about? Like, what 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 don't people focus on enough when it comes to our productivity? Why they're on the planet? How this? You know, what are the higher levels of, of agreements and engagements that people really have with their life? How does this apply to that? What, what does that mean? Because higher he, level of engagements. Well, GTD is really about identifying the things that you have attention on. Yeah. And once you pay appropriate attention to what has your attention, you'll find out what really has your mm-hmm. attention. You observe the, the observer. So why am I on the planet? What am I doing with my life? What am, what's going on here? You know, the bigger questions, oftentimes because, you know, GTD has great applicability down on the day-to-day runway level of life. You know, hey, here's how you manage all your errands. Here's how you manage the agendas you need to talk to people about. Here's how you manage all the – here's how you clean up email. And that's because that's where most people are. See, GTD starts with where you are, not with where you should be. So, you know, a lot of the motivational, you know, seminars and courses and so forth start with, hey, you need a purpose, you need a vision, you need objectives and goals and all that stuff. We don't. Uh, but, but we don't deny those things. If those are necessary for you, if those things have your attention, wow, I've got kids going off to college in the next three or four years and I need to make sure I've got enough money for that, then you probably had better have some sort of goal over the next year or two about how do you arrange finances, how do you arrange you know, making sure you get them there. So we don't tell you you should set goals. We just say, look, let's identify the things that are grabbing your attention right now. And what do you need to do in what level or, or format or horizon do you need to make some commitments and clarification about that? Park that in your system and have action items that move you toward that and move the needle on those bigger things. So the, you know, the, the more subtle aspects of GTD are the, are the more subtle aspects of your life. And they, it, it appropriately engaged with those. Yeah, as well as by captain. Yeah. The, the, and again, I, I'd encourage folks to pick up the book. I personally, I've probably read it three or four times at this point. But each time I reread it, I make sure, okay, you know, I, I, I need some space this week because I know I'm going to want to overhaul my life for the third or the fourth time and, and really get my my shit together finally this time <laughs> instead of just kind of doing what I was doing before. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, sir. <laughs> Good luck. Well, as, as, as Kevin Kelly said in the inevitable, you know, he said, look, you know, the, the, well, he's one of the 12 inevitable trends that you can't stop is total is constant upgrading. You'll never really get really good at anything. Everything's going to have to be upgraded no. regularly. <laughs> you know, so yeah. The, the, the more you that. know, the more you, re- yeah. yeah, the more you know, the more you realize what you're doing wrong. And then, <laughs> you, you know, you just see more things to fix. <laughs> so this fi- final question that I have for you, 
And I ask this of everybody who appears on the podcast. Uh, what, what is one thing you're working on becoming better at right now? Being more sensitive to my intuitive um, calling about hmm. uh, where I put my focus. So how does that manifest on a, throughout the day? Uh, some version of meditation and reflection, contemplative time, mm. where I sit back and relax and let go. You know, I've got to sort of let go, let God is kind of a, a, a mantra I've had for many years in my life. And so I figured, you know, I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of partners in the invisible realms that help me do what I do. So I just need to relax and stop and listen and then, and then pay attention to that. And then of course, and then engage and course correct. Yeah. Do less, listen more. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Th this is something that I found, you know, kind of on that ground level. I was looking through, I, I use the app called things to manage what I have to do throughout the day. And I realized I was just kind of going through the motions, you know, I would do one thing and then I would do the next thing. And then I click the little checkbox, do the next thing, click the little checkbox. And I didn't realize, um, and I didn't really tune into the idea that some things attracted me and, and some things there was this, you know, the, and some things were connected and, and other things, you know, could you, could propel me forward to do other things on the list. And there's kind of a feeling behind each of the things on our to-do list and behind the things that we capture and all the projects that we have. And I guess, you know, so much of that is creating the, the clarity to see uh, what, what our intentions can be and, and how those form and where we actually want to go. Well, interestingly, you know, the still small voice, everyone listening to this has, you know, anybody stops yeah. right now, say, what does that still small voice have to say? You know, you'll, you start to, you'll start to hear a message in there. And the strange thing is that a lot of times that still small voice is, is coming out of a place that's going to have to move you past your conditioned responses. Your still small voice may say, you need to take a walk around the park when you've got 300 emails. You know, that still small voice say, yeah. you need to stop yeah. and just, and relax or have a good glass of wine right now. As opposed to trying to sit down and cram yourself mm -hmm. onto that business plan that you're just toast at in your brain. Or that still small voice may say, I'm sorry, you need to, you know, forget wine, forget the walk. You need to sit down and cram that business plan out right now. You know, so there's no there's no conditioning for that still small voice other than who you really are and, and what you're tapped into and, and the bigger part of who you of who you really are. So learning to distinguish that voice from all the others we have inside of our yeah. head, that's a big, big game. I can't imagine a, a better way to end the show. Th thank you so much, David, for being on the pod. I really appreciate it. Chris, thanks for the invitation. Always fun. Mm -hmm.